Yes guys, welcome back to another video. Welcome to the Three More Points podcast. This should look great, it should sound great, and hopefully the content of what we talk about, which is recorded before Chelsea versus Blackburn, fingers bloody crossed that we can't get beaten at home again by Blackburn Rovers, and hopefully we can talk about progressing, maybe winning a trophy. Will it save Pochettino? Is Nkunku the answer? Let me glance to my right and check for the last bit. And can Chelsea still make Champions League football? Is it too soon to talk about that? We're going to do it anyway. Before we jump into it, though, I want to let you guys know about the Telegram, top of the description. If you're not following, you can't win free money. You can't be informed about my partnership with Chelsea's trading partner, Go Markets, and a load of other exclusive content that I only post to the Telegram group. So make sure you're following. Top line in the description. And today, of course, I am joined by, joined, 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 it's November now, joined by producer Baz, aka Harry. Hello, how mate. are you, my man? Very well, how are you, brother? I'm doing great. I'm actually kind of over the weekend now. I don't think we should focus too much on the ins and outs of Brentford specifically, because we, we did do our nutting, didn't we, during that game. Talk to me a little bit about that well, for a start. Well, yeah, we were sat at a bar, we had the laptop out, we were streaming it. And all the boys around us love, loved football. All the Barney's guys around us, they were in love with football. Someone came over to me, over to me and said, Mudrick equals God. I was like, <laughs> I was like, bit, pre- bit premature, mate. Um, but it was, we were, it, was, it, was, it was so bad because we were super excited for the game. Um, we were up for it, you know, especially after the result last game. And it was, just a, it was just such a mood killer, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, we were literally having the most idyllic weekend you could possibly have on a paradise island, and it was like, right, let's get a few Bintang crystals in, let's have a couple, and let's finish this Saturday as big of a high as you can get. And it could not have been any lower, Harrison. No. I felt atrocious during that second half, and after the game, even more so. Even more so. Yeah, it, it just, it wasn't a good feeling. It was frustrating because on the previous podcast, we'd spoken about exactly those things that we needed to show in the game that we did not show how do we break down a low block? How can we get excited before we've seen us break down a low block? And lo and behold, the low block was again the issue. Yeah, I think we need to talk a little bit about Pochettino though, because yep. we have both been big advocates of the bloke. But the first point of the three more points is... Yeah, how much is Pochettino to blame? How much is Pochettino to blame? Now, I think when you look at the lineup that we had against Brentford, I said we weren't going to talk about Brentford. We have to kind of talk about Brentford because for every football fan, you're only as good as your last game. So when we beat Flipping or Drew with Arsenal and we're beating Brighton and we're beating Fulham and Burnley, we're all like, yeah, Chelsea are back. Chelsea are good again. Lo and behold, I got it wrong. All right. I get it. I got it wrong. But like Pochettino being to blame, when you look at the back line, and we said this a lot in the first half, We played really, really well. And I personally think in that first half, we created enough opportunities to have killed the game in that first half. Lo and behold, there is that little cloud hanging over us again that we don't finish anything, of course. But I think that one of the biggest issues that Chelsea have is as good as Cole Palmer's been, as much as we can all praise him and say like, yeah, he's that linking player when Nkunku comes back, who we're going to talk about in a minute, maybe that alleviates some of that pressure off of Palmer's shoulders, but there was no link-up on that right side during that first half because De Sassi was there as a right-back who, yeah, he's played at right-back, but, like, he's not a right-back. So 
at the times when you'd want him to be more advanced and to be joining the attack to take that pressure off of Palmer, he wasn't there. And then at the times when maybe he shouldn't have been there, he was there. Which I think, again, when you think about the positioning of him in the first goal that Brentford score, 100% Disassi can be blamed for that. So Pochettino, yes, we know that Reese James isn't fully fit. Malo Gusto, brilliant against Arsenal. I'm still looking for a decent source to tell me that Gusto didn't play for anything other than a tactical decision from Poch. Yeah, you weren't happy about that. No, and I just think Gusto is a quality player. 19 years of age, comes into the Premier League, plays against arguably the best team in the country right now. I'm not going to allow Tottenham to be called the best. So we're going to call Arsenal the best for one of a better term. So why is he not playing? What is that decision from Pochettino? Yeah, I don't know. I honestly have no idea. Um, <laughs> I was but, hoping you'd have an answer. Yeah, there. well, I, I, you know, you're the man with the with the information. I, I think so, but I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Um, I, I, the only thing I was thinking in the game was, you know, it allowed Madueke to attack, and and focus on attacking. So he didn't have to come back. Exactly. Mean. Yeah. Because Gusto does get forward, but equally, I don't really understand why you couldn't just give Gusto tactical instructions to stay deep. Um, it it was. The question is how much is Pochettino to blame? This is the only thing I can really point to in the game that you could say was his fault. Yeah. Everything else was like circumstance. Like the fact that Palmer had to play a more withdrawn role in the game and come and help in midfield more was because Enzo wasn't there. But Enzo wasn't there because of the birth of his child. So Yeah, so it's not really Pochettino's fault. No, and like every time we talk about Chelsea playing badly, not being able to do something, Pochettino making a, a perceivably potentially bad decision... There's always a caveat. There's always, but this player wasn't available or this player was injured or whatever. And it's like, it's just knackering, isn't it? It is. And I actually think when you look at like three wins, three draws, four defeats, bottom half of the table, it's kind of like at the minute we're balancing like who's the worst, Manchester United or Chelsea. And it's, it's become a joke, a running theme amongst other football fans where it's like, well, at least these two are flipping awful. Aston Villa and Newcastle, welcome to the party. We're taking over kind of thing. But I think for Poch right now, the only reason I keep bouncing back from these like, bloody hell, we've lost again at Stamford Bridge, we've not scored a goal. I saw on uh, Jan posted a short, he was saying we've had 62 shots in the last four games that Nicholas Jackson started and scored no goals in all of them, total. Which is absolutely mind-blowing. But it's like, I don't know how many managers are going to get blamed. I don't know how many managers can take the flack for basically... Chelsea Football Club, when it comes to playing against these kind of teams, we genuinely have no idea. And I honestly think, this is this sounds a bit out there and stupid, because A, it's not going to happen, but B, it seems lunatic-esque. Lunacy, to say it. But like, if every team played against Chelsea with a low block, maybe five defenders, wing-backs, three centre-backs, I don't think we'd win a game. I agree. And I don't know, and maybe this is a good time to segue into the Nkunku part of the conversation. I wanted, because... I wanted to ask you about Nkunku. Yeah, talk we, to me. Well, I wanted to ask you the question because we keep saying we're waiting for Nkunku to come back. Is, is he the answer? What if he's not the answer? What do you think? I mean, I think the point I made about Cole Palmer and potentially him, all of a sudden, like first couple of games of the season didn't really feature so much with kind of looking at it and wondering like, well, surely he's not going to come to Chelsea and play a similar role to what he did with Pep, where it's like, he'll come on, might score a couple of goals, show a couple of signs. He's immediately become the most important attacking player. You could argue Sterling because of a couple of good performances, but again, 
the sterling point that I made in Six Things We Learned was what you said. If the team don't perform, Sterling doesn't perform. Sure. Whereas on Saturday against Brentford, Cole Palmer was the most likely at any given point in that game to create something. And so far from their goal as well. He had to be because the Mitchell needed help without Enzo's passing. Exactly. And I think it showed why Chelsea are going to miss Enzo if he's ever not available. I hope his wife is happy with the one kid for now and it's not going to be a regular occurrence for the next few years. Maybe. It should be. I don't know. Who am I to say what people do with their families? But like, we need Enzo Fernandez in that team, clearly. So when Palmer is currently the only man that we can really rely on for like any visual creativity on the pitch for us to be like, this is good... Christopher Nkunku is either going to take Palmer's position, which to me sounds ridiculous. Impossible. Impossible, right? You agree? Yeah. Or is that going to then allow Palmer to, to do what we saw in that game against Brentford, which was be a bit deeper, be an extra player like Enzo is, where he can play those little clip balls over the top. We're looking for kind of the Fabregas pass, you know, the one that we saw for Costa when he scored against Arsenal. Imagine Chelsea scoring a goal like that right now. Impossible to imagine. But maybe with Nkunku being further up the field, that could allow Palmer to naturally be deployed slightly deeper. But then you got like, well, what do you do about Gallagher? And I think that midfield three of Caicedo, Enzo, Gallagher's the one. So is it Palmer on the right, Nkunku in the middle as a number nine? Yes, it has to be yes. at this point, surely. It's clear as day that that's where he needs to play for us. Because like that that false nine role, Palmer played it against Arsenal. So there's a, there's a uh, there's a, a space for that in Poch's tactical setup. Yes, and I I think Nkunku is perfect for that position. And I think he's got from what I've seen of him, he has the intelligence and the ability to know when to arrive in the box, knows when to drop deep. It allows Palmer to be on the right side when when Nkunku goes forward, he can come into the middle and make passes. Your right back can get forward into that space on the right. It, it's just very flexible. I, I like the sound of it, but yeah. but you know, we we people have been so critical of the board, the players they signed, the profile, the player that players they've signed. We've we've spoken at length about how young they all were. To give them their due, if Nkunku had been fit and firing, we probably wouldn't have been saying all that because they did actually buy an experienced attacker. Yeah, and it's just like. In amongst all of this, all the criticism of the current players, of Pochettino, of everyone involved, there's just been an undeniable injury crisis. And people don't like to talk about it, but it's facts. Yeah. So if we talk about crisis, because I think this is a word that is thrown around, labelled very quickly, very easily. Like, I would say that you can argue Chelsea are in a crisis when you look at the league position compared to a clip that I just found on my phone that I'm going to just insert right here in the middle of the pod. <laughs> That was when Chelsea won the Premier League in 2017 when Michy Batshuayi converted an Azpilicueta pass to beat West Rom at the Hawthorns. We are so far away from that. So in the context of recent history to now, you could say that Chelsea is still in a crisis. But that is something that I think has been overdone. I think it's kind of got to a point now where these owners have nearly been here for, what, over a year and a half, nearly two years it was always going to be a transition, as is any major change at any football club. You know, we were saying the other day when Pep leaves City, yep. there's undoubtedly going to be a couple of years there where they will not be and cannot be as dominant as they are right now. So for me, I'm averting any idea of calling what Chelsea are currently going through as a crisis because I think in the footballing world, Pochettino is the only man and right man that could possibly be available and would even want to manage Chelsea under this new regime 
to take us forward. And I do think you're absolutely right with the point you say about Nkunku. When you say that he was the high-profile, experienced striker. Yeah, he's not old, but like compared to everyone else we signed, he's experienced. So surely when he comes back, like there has to be an upturn. Yeah, well, I, I, just, want, I just had a thought and I'd love to get your take on it. When you talk about managers that have been made a dynasty at their club and then left after a long period of time, has there been a club that you can think of that had a successful immediate transition to a new manager? Off the top of my head, absolutely not. No. Especially in the modern game that I know well enough to be able to comment on. Yeah. No. Yeah. There and, isn't an example. And with that in mind, you look at the strategy we've taken, buying all these young players and all this, and trying to build something from scratch. It's, it kind of makes sense. It kind of makes sense to do it differently. And, you know, there's a lot of... There's a lot of um, there's, there's many examples of clubs that have done that transition and it's taken years and years and years. So maybe the board are thinking, if it's going to take that many years, maybe they're ready for this. Maybe they're thinking, if it's going to take that long anyway, we might as well go through the ride with young players and let them learn, let them grow together. Yeah. I mean, th- th- it's definitely... Let's be a- positive, George. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm trying to be, but I'm just also The pain's conscious. inevitable. <laughs> I'm conscious of the fact that, like, my patience when it comes to, like, game by game just runs so thin because it's like we get so hyped we get Mm -hmm. so high we're like four unbeaten almost a really good October like Mm -hmm. if we don't even lose the Brentford game let's say it's a great October unbeaten momentum being built but it's kind of just like any hopes that we potentially have of European football for next year can you tell me like honestly briefly as you can do you think there's any chance with Nkunku coming back and all of the talk potentially about we might even buy a big striker in January. Chalaba might leave, so we might even buy another high-profile centre-back. Because defensively, we've looked good, but then there's also errors galore in there, as we've seen with goalkeeper errors, disassy errors, whatever it is. Like, Do you think there's any way that we can actually still get European football? Can you pull up the table for me so I can see how many points we are off? I will pull up the table, and I'll show you a lot as well whilst we're bloody here, shall I? So, as I type... Because I'm, I'm, I'm hating it so much that I'm not even looking at the table right now. So the standings um, are as follows yes, in the so. Premier League. We are 11th. So we're currently nine points off fourth. Nine points off fourth. Right. So absolutely we can still make the Champions League places. But will we? Because <laughs> <laughs> mathematically, like, nine points isn't a lot. You know, you're in the last ten weeks of the season. You know, that's okay. Like, people are saying, oh, you're still yeah. in the shout. But it's more... Are we showing any signs of turning things around? Like, there's a lot of pressure on Nkunku because that is the one hope we have right now, slash the January window where we can bring in a forward. Yeah. Um, but look, every single team will go through a bad run of form. It's just not going to be as bad as ours. But like, even Man like, United have lost five games. They're yeah. eighth in the table. Yeah. You could argue that in terms of like the criticism, yeah. it's been maybe even worse than Chelsea's. Yeah, well, I mean, well, look, look at the table, you know, Apparently, West Ham are having an amazing season, and apparently, you know, Brighton and Newcastle are too, and we're really not far behind them at all. Yeah, it's three and five points because it's so early on still. The troubling thing is that we're not, we're not getting the results we need against the playing style that is most prevalent in the mid and mid-sized and small teams in the Premier League. Yeah. Uh, so, but will we get it? I don't think we're going to get it. But is it possible? Of course, it's possible. But like we've spoken a lot at length off camera about the Tottenham game, so if we look forward to that one, yeah. Like, we've been, I I do this all the time in my videos. I know I do it. I get so, like, caught up in the energy and the emotion of, like, a good feeling, and I'm like, we're back. 
this is the time now. We've seen change. We're going to be able to mold this into something that can be building, sustainable, momentum-based. Is there a way, and I, I mean, I don't believe this for one second because of how good Spurs have been right now, but based on what we know, and we've tried not to overdo the talk about how bad we are against low blocks because you know it, I know it, Harry knows it. Is there any way that this Tottenham game actually plays straight into Pochettino and Chelsea's hands because of the way that they've been playing? I I think Andrew's really smart. So do I. Yeah, so I'd say that he'll be thinking what you're thinking, which is if we just sit in and get organised, we're going to win. But if they play football, if they come out and play football like they have been doing, then that gives us a much better chance. Because, yeah. <laughs> because we, actually, we actually can play. And when you give us space, we can hurt you. But even against Arsenal, the goals were not clean, pure, chance, you know, self-manufactured yeah. goals by the team. What do, I mean, what do you think? I, I don't know. Like, I, I think Spurs are phenomenal right now. But I, I think I, I would rather watch us play against a big side right now that plays football than, a, than a, a team that's going to sit in. Yeah, I think I just can't get out of my head where it's like when you have a defeat against Brentford and then you go and play Tottenham, move one eight, drawn two, haven't lost, scoring goals, creating chances for fun. I just can't really get myself excited do you know what I mean like I think if it was say a Brentford or again or like a look at mid-table teams like Fulham Everton Forest although Forest flipping beat us already as well haven't they <laughs> but like in my head I still think well yeah maybe those are the teams we can beat but like it's just like Tottenham away is always a game where Chelsea somehow rise to the occasion but I think as much as I've been happy this season with the way that players are seemingly fighting caring I saw that disappear again against Brentford. So, like, whenever I get this, like, glimmer of hope, glimmer of belief, somehow this club, I'm going to say, seemed to find a way to take that away. Yeah. Because Brentford was embarrassingly bad, bro. You go 1-0 down and never, ever look like scoring after that. The 87th minute, that moment, where the ball comes across the face of the goal and three players seemingly fall over, missing the ball, and it goes all the way through... To the right back and Brentford carry the ball away. That is just unbearable to watch. Yeah. And they, like at the minute, I don't know, do we put Cole Palmer as like that false nine forward like we saw against Arsenal again? Yeah. Like is Jackson dropped now? They, they, well, they, the thing about that game that was so brutal was they say it's the hope that kills you. And we played pretty well in the first half. Like yeah. in terms of the midfield, we were battling, we were making Brentford, chances. Brentford, you mean? Sorry, against Brentford, yeah. yeah. It's, it, you know, we were battling, we were making chances. It, it, was, it was good stuff and we were getting quite excited. And then the same thing happened. And then you see the hope drain out of the players like you just described. And that's just, that's an experience and a character thing. And I think there's guys in there that will develop that hopefully. But how do we play against Spurs? Um, I I mean, is Mudrick going to be available? Because if he is, then I definitely want to see Cole Palmer at false nine with him and and Sterling on the flanks like we did against Arsenal. I would would try and replicate the the Arsenal tactics basically. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, they don't play similarly, but they kind of do. And I think they've both got players in the same areas, both Arsenal and Tottenham, I mean, that can hurt us. Yeah. But then Reese is also going to be back, yeah. apparently. I mean, we're recording this the day of the Blackburn game, and Reese is starting. And if he gets injured again, well, I'm just going to never mention his name again when it comes to, like, hope for Chelsea. Because <sighs> if he gets injured again tonight, like, what? Yeah. I hope I haven't jinxed this. Touch wood. My desk is very, very sturdy wood. Um,. Yeah, uh, looking forward to that Spurs game. Obviously, we're going to do a preview after the Pochettino press conference this weekend to talk about that in a bit more detail. At the moment, I'm trying to be realistic. There's too many of you lot that have been going in on me because I just get so hyped. And I think 
that Brentford defeat was for me the final like you know when a football gets punctured in the in the park when you're a kid and like it's just a little thorn yeah and then you think you can use it again and you probably can for the rest of the day and then maybe tomorrow you might be able to get away with it for an hour or so with the boys again like someone got a flipping dagger and stuck it in the ball and stuck it on okay, a stick but right so after hope, that Brentford game. hope is lacking so let's let's be logical i want to i want to ask you something about the way we played against Arsenal, the way Spurs play. We completely shot Odegaard out of the game. Against we Arsenal. did. We completely disrupted their midfield and they couldn't do a thing. James Madison is one of the reasons that Spurs are playing so well this season. So do you think that we could see a similar disruption of his performance in the Spurs game? I think that's got to be the goal. I think Potts should try and replicate what we did against Arsenal and then just hope that our average goalkeeper can have an above average game. And I honestly think if that's the case, then I think Chelsea can beat Tottenham. I do. And I think when you look at the history of the fixture, Chelsea have been good at this new Spurs ground. We have. If we can just, I think it has to be at this point, we can't, I don't think Pochettino is ready yet to game by game, look at the team that we're going to play, have a decent enough probability-wise idea as to how they're going to approach things. I just think we need to hold on to the parts that work, especially playing against teams that are going to attack, going to try and play, not going to fully sit back all game. Spurs being exactly in the same boat as Arsenal in that conversation and try and replicate what we did against Arsenal. I think you're spot on. I think if Madison can be almost marked out of the game, leaving Son to do the majority of that attacking work, then I think Chelsea have got a good chance. But my concern is that Pochettino is going to try and be a bit too smart. Maybe it could be an occasion thing where it's like, God, if I go to Spurs, inflict their first defeat, absolutely as a result of that be it just every Chelsea fan's gonna be like yeah this is our flipping bloke you know we beat them lot they're top of the league they're not going to be for much longer we can be the beginning of Spurs demise I just hope I, I don't know what the right thing is I just think the right thing is to do everything that we know we can do from this point which is the 70 minutes against Arsenal were excellent replicate it at Tottenham I want to I want to move it Back to the question you asked me originally, which is, is, is there any way that we can still make those Champions League spots? This, this, all this, a lot of our chats between the two of us recently have been about expectation. What should we expect now? Because, you know, the reason we keep getting so crushed by these results is because we're so used to winning. Yeah. And we're not used to the team looking this disjointed and this bad and the players not fighting to the end and having creative solutions to find ways of scoring. So what... How do you manage that expectation now? What should the expectation be? How, how are you going to look at the team moving forward? I mean, I think you've got to look at the Premier League table at this point. You've got Tottenham, Arsenal, City, Liverpool. I'd say Villa. Those, those five right now, there's five points between Villa and Newcastle. Quite evidently, from the naked eye, and when you look at the way they're all playing, those are the five best teams in the league right now. Then you've got Newcastle, who are unbeaten in the last five. Seemingly starting to kick on a little bit. Brighton, who I think will be up and down all year because of European football. United, you never know. They might somehow turn it around. I think West Ham and Brentford will fall away. So that puts me, if I'm being an optimistic Chelsea fan here, I'll put Chelsea currently ninth in terms of like how I think things could look relatively soon, potentially, because I think West Ham's form's poor. Brentford have been pretty good in the one the last two, but like I don't know if they can sustain it. So I think Chelsea, if they're going to get Champions League football, they're going to rely on a lot of the teams above who are currently underperforming to continue underperforming. Yeah. And if, if we can get through this spell that we've got now where it's what, Spurs, City, Newcastle away, there's Man United in there as well at some point soon. 
if we can get through this with progress from the point of recording right now, then I think that there is still a possibility that we can get Europa League. And I think expectation-wise at this point, hoping that we beat Blackburn, which would have been yesterday when you're watching this piece of content, then hopefully we can get further in the Cups. Pochettino can maybe win a trophy, which would be an amazing start, and it would be the first trophy under the new ownership. I think that gives Pochettino credibility for the owners, Chelsea fans, for the for the whole project idea again. And then if we can just get into something that's not the Conference League, I think I'd be delighted at this point. Yeah, agreed. And I think the other thing to keep in mind is that that this is an old adage, but things can change very, very quickly in football. They can. So are we taking that as like a positive for the for <laughs> yeah. the for the foreseeable, or are we saying yeah. that as like, oh dear, <laughs> we're going down? No, no, no. <laughs> I think I think I've seen rock. I I feel like I've seen rock bottom Chelsea. I, I I don't believe it can get worse than this with the talent pool that we have. I I just think it's going to be really tough until we figure out a way of being that low block. I hate saying it. It's just that's that's the problem. And I that's, think that's where we should wrap up. Yeah, because otherwise we're going to go into this low block debate more and more and more, and maybe we should play over low block. Maybe questions for the comments. Yeah. I think we have just raised there from Young Harrison opposite me. If you want to defeat fear, you must become fear. So therefore, if you want to defeat the low block, yes. So therefore, I must morph into a spider, and then I'll have no fears <laughs> left in my life. Excellent stuff. Thank you very much, Harry, for joining me for Thanks, this mate. episode of the Three More Points podcast, which you can also find on iTunes and Spotify links also in the description but make sure you check that telegram link because free money is free money okay 500 squiddlies diddlies gbps coming your way for one of you if you join the telegram when we hit 5000 followers we will announce who's the winner thank you guys for watching make sure you do like this video if you do enjoy it and subscribe to gbfc if you are new and for whatever reason haven't already done so and we'll catch you tomorrow